Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hashtag Sports presentation of the Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers postgame, where the Buffalo Bills lose a heartbreaker 33-27 to in overtime to the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa. Uh, stark weather conditions, a lot different from last week when they had to play, uh, when they had to play New England. Paul and I will be giving you the uh, post-game wrap-up, talking about the game, talking about uh, next week and what this means for the Buffalo Bills moving forward. Obviously, we're going to talk about game management, penalties, Josh Allen's uh, update as far as his injury, which <laughs> we don't get that information here, but it's, it is worrisome. Point being is this. Paul, the Buffalo Bills are back. The Bills are back, Paul. Look at that comeback, man. Minus Tredavious White. Obviously, you gave up a lot of yardage, but surrendering a 24-3 to lead at halftime and coming back that the way that they did, I think, against the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions, I think paves the way for this team. Hey, they they performed a hell of a lot better than Patrick Mahomes did there about almost 10 months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. although everyone's mad, although everyone's upset, although we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight, Paul, I saw some really positive things out of this defense and the offense in the second half. That's all I'm going to say. That's an interesting way to look at that. I glass is half full and it's full of vodka. So yeah, what's I, it I, full of? What's <laughs> it full of? <laughs> yeah, what's it full of? Um, yeah, you know, I think from a come, you know, it's a nice comeback story, right? It's a, it's. It's a it's a moral victory for the fans, right? Because it was tough there for a while. I was pretty I was pretty upset. I actually like Palm hit. I was walking from my kitchen to my living room, and the Bills got that delay of game. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I like hit the door frame. Like that's not like me, right? Mm-hmm. I was so frustrated with just their complete lack of flexibility in this game. And then the second half happened, and they started to run the football effectively, and it showed you, hey. Listen, running the football isn't against the law. All right, we should do that more. <laughs> but I do want to hit you with a real quick stat, Mark. And I, I want to do this before we, you know, get into thanking any of our sponsors. Um, you know, I this was the very first game that in Josh Allen's career, playoffs included, the okay. Bills were coming into today 10 and 0 in games where he had more than 10 rushing attempts. 10 rushing attempts or more. They had never lost a game. This was the first game they had ever lost where he had more than where he rushed for 10 times or more. And I think that's, that's fascinating, right? It is fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating because it's it's almost counterintuitive, right? You would think that yeah. games where Josh runs a lot, he's trying to make things happen that aren't there. But that's polar opposite, right? They've won every single game that he's ever had 10 or more attempts in minus today, which they lost in overtime. I'd love right? to see that stat for... Um... Lamar Jackson too, like what what that stat looks like for Lamar Jackson with his wins and losses because it is such a big part of his uniqueness to the position. Allen being able to run and run effectively on those boots and whatever he has to do, or yep. if he if it, because of the line play, I mean mm-hmm. seven and six right now with the, with the way that this line has been playing is actually good. It's actually right. really good and. Right. You know, I know a lot of people, a lot of Bills fans, y'all on Hashtag Nation. By the way, if you if you just got here, uh, all the links are in the description. Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Hit the like button or hit the dislike button. It's engagement. We don't care. Point is this. All that stuff being considered, you're 7-6 and six now. Uh, things could be a lot worse at this point sure. with, with, with what this team is doing. Uh, I saw a lot of signs of life in the second half. Mm-hmm. 
I immediately want to go to the Tremaine Edmonds because everyone in the chat is beating him up senselessly. And we need to let's just let's let's work backwards through the game then. Let's talk about yeah. the overtime touchdown and work backwards. Sure. Okay. Rashad Perriman not targeted the entire game, former first round pick. Uh, not true. He had one target. He had he one did. target. Okay. Okay. Someone is drunk. Very true. Boot, boots, bootstraps. Yes. Bootstraps. Bootstraps. That's the best bootstraps. bootstraps. You want a job? That's that's the best name ever. Um, so there was a breakdown in coverage. That was not Tremaine's man. I believe I firmly believe that was not Tremaine's man. I think his man was in the backfield. They were in man coverage. And I think Dane Jackson had a blown assignment on that because there were two cornerbacks that went to the out route. <clears throat> And Dane was one of them. I couldn't see who the other one was, but then Perriman right. came back across the formation. I think he just got lost in the mesh mm -hmm. because there's no way that that's Tremaine's guy. Right. I don't think that's Tremaine's guy. Like you could hear about it at other channels throughout mm -hmm. the week. That's not Tremaine's guy. I, I it's tough to tell right now, right? Yes. Yeah. It, we'll it's tough to, to tell right now, but I don't think anybody in this universe was surprised to see Tremaine Edmonds running somebody down from behind. Right. No, no. So you can't really get mad at folks for feeling that way when I kind of get why you feel that way, because Tremaine yes. coverage has been has been really poor. Um, and I know uh, we cut an episode. We released it actually this week. We cut it last week. We kind of put it on the shelf and, and saved it for this week. Yeah. About Tremaine being a hundred million dollar linebacker like it's and it's being a very likely reality. It is and is a game like today that makes you fearful of that? Like, do you think that's a negative step forward? Like, is that a negative step for your football team? Did Was today's game any worse than last game for you? Specifically for Tremaine. Because people are going to hate on Tremaine for that last play. They are. And here's, here's the thing that gets me about Tremaine and, and as far as the whole scope of the, of the game itself. He's looking in the backfield the whole time. Mm -hmm. He's not even looking for Perriman. He right. feels Perriman come. Mm -hmm. And then he turned. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. So I think he was looking in the backfield unless his assignment is to read one to two inside to out. You know what I mean? Right. And then he didn't see his guy go anywhere. But um, I, I really firmly believe that there there were two guys. They just showed the, the, the replay on the on the the, the uh, website the website I have open. Mm -hmm. There were two guys covering one guy on that out route. That's not yeah, Tremaine's guy. It was, a, Tremaine. it was a man. That's, that's he was looking in the backfield. That's the thing that said it for me. When you look at that play and you relook at it, he's looking in the backfield. Right. So it's not like he's man-to-man -man on anybody that's on the outside. He was mm -hmm. actually a support player on that one. Right. So uh, I just want to go gotta, real quick for Triggs. Yeah, got to get to that super chat from Thank Triggs. You, Triggs. Yep. What's with the fourth and three punt call? Uh, Mar, you and I talked about this before we went on air. Uh, I, I was frustrated with the fourth and three punt because of the third and three play call, right? There, I look at it and say, you got time on your side. You could still run the football there because yeah. – you're almost in four. It's you got to score a touchdown to win, right? Why mm -hmm. give Tampa the opportunity to score? Now, mind you, right? The Bills have been pretty, uh, had been pretty stout on defense the third and fourth quarter, right? They really, <laughs> really did a good job of controlling that Tampa Bay offense. But the fact still remains, you shouldn't be giving the football to somebody else, right? It's no. three yards. It's you get you should be going two plays. You go to win the game, right? I didn't understand why you throw the dig to digs. I didn't. I don't think that's the best play in your playbook. I think dig? that's just what got called. The dig right? or the out route? Uh, I thought he ran a dig. Did it was okay. it not a dig? Either way, I don't think that's the best. Oh, before okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's the best call. I don't think that's the best play in your playbook for third and three. 
when when there's no punt. No, you I mean there, you give yourself the flexibility to, uh, you know, if it goes poorly, yeah, you have to punt, but you were gonna have to punt if it was an incomplete pass anyway. So, I mean, yeah. that was frustrating to me. Yeah, there was there was many things like we have to we have to take this with. <sighs> Sean McDermott came into the league and learned under Jimmy Johnson, the great. I'm, and I'm talking about the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. not the Cowboys coach, um, who was the master of the four three. There were two guys. There was Dick LeBeau and Jimmy Johnson, who basically ran a four three and a three four. Those are the two guys you learned from. A lot of guys came off of those defensive trees, basically. Mm-hmm. The other guy that that um, he learned from was Andy Reid. Now, Andy Reid, for years, was hammered for his game management style. This is who McDermott learned from. Everyone, do you want to talk about how he, Riverboat Ron? I mean, he was – he's he his his whole mold is not like Riverboat Ron at all. No. He's 100% off the yep. Andy Reid tree, and that's how he decides to coach and how, how, he, um, how he approaches it. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is funny because I think Ron Rivera and Leslie Frazier were both on the Bears, on the 85 Bears. I think uh, both of those guys are on the 85 right. Bears. I think that's right. So that being said, you can see where him and Frazier probably clashed a little bit in the room. Sure. But, I mean, just, just going on the time management, working my way back with the fourth and three-point call, I think that's what it is. He trusts his defense so much, Yeah. Some, sometimes to a fault. He probably feels still feels, listen, my defensive unit is the strongest unit I can put out there. Yep. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust them to get a stop so they could flip the field for me. Well, and Mar, I Because they've been happened. getting turnovers all year. Well, and uh, Benjamin Murphy says on the Super Chat, I'm taking care of the comments on the stream, by the way, Mark. I got it. I um, uh, says, Josh is a warrior. That is all. Josh is a warrior, right? But it, it early in the game, or well, not early in the game, the Bills were still down. I think it was 14 points, and they decided to punt uh, on fourth down. I think it was in the... I think it actually was in the third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I... I I was asked, right, why are they punting here? And the my response was because McDermott thinks McDermott trusts his defense to get a turnover and get a short field. Like that that's really what McDermott believes that his defense will generate a turnover and they'll get a short field and then they'll be able to score. Absolutely. Because at the time Buffalo was really struggling to move the ball pretty consistently. So they punt there. Does that play impact why they punted on fourth and three in overtime i think we have enough of a sample size that he's done that a lot already okay that's he's, fair he's, that's he's totally obviously fair. done that yep that's totally fair um uh, R- R- ricardo yes oc gotta go we need uh we need someone with a creative mind that that um that screen to Knox. Mm-hmm. i thought that was gonna go for six mm-hmm. that was that was the best call of the day that they will made was that little like dump off to Knox because if they're bringing the house, why did it take you so like, was that in your pocket the whole game? Right. Like what's going on? Uh, Johnny, Johnny comes in. I got that one. Um, thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Super chat. Um, we love your thoughts on Brandon Bean drafting. Other than the obvious few, do you see our young front D uh, special down the road? Uh, yeah. I mean, you got Oliver, you got Rousseau, you got Epineza, you got Basham. Um, well, hold on. Let's let's pause there for a minute, right? You've got Oliver right for now. another year. Yeah. Right? You got Oliver for another year at this point. You don't know what's going to happen there. Basham's been inactive for, what, 60% of his games. Rousseau has been on the field, but has struggled to remain impactful, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to have Jerry. Well, you are most likely not going to have Jerry next year. You're most likely not going to have Mario next year. Nope. And Epineza mm-hmm. has seen his snaps decrease week over week. Like, yes. I, I think there's a little bit more window dressing there than, you know, than there is substance. The The fact of the matter is there's some scary stuff going on with that defensive line. Um, <laughs> you know, and if you take Ed Oliver out of the mix, I'm not comfortable with that at all. No, no, no. And then they, they've been really good to cycle free agents at that position. Sure. One or yeah. two year deals, which that is something that they're going to have to start doing very, very soon. If they decide, I'm just saying if, if they decide to pay Tremaine Edmonds and make him the first $100 million linebacker, along with having a $260 million quarterback, you're going to have to get those one and two year deals where these guys sign big contracts somewhere else so you can get mm-hmm. the compensatory picks to fill out your roster. That is where this is going to be won, and that's that's the path I think that they're going down, yeah. which you might hear uh, you know, going all over the place. Um, so we want to get to a couple more uh, super, super Chats really quick. Uh, v. Henley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the missed tackle on the third down play uh, that has me down on Edmonds. Has to make that play. He does. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw that. When he, got, when he hit the hole, he has to make that play on Fournette. He has to hit him high. He hit him low to the side. I don't know if he was – I mean, the guy had 12 tackles today, so he was all over the field. Edmonds right. was all over the field. I love when they blitzed him off the edge. Instead well, of that's what A-gap. Edmonds was good at back in college. He was very Edmonds good was at it. He was a very effective blitzer. And I haven't really, seen it a lot this year, though. Well, you know, when he blitzes up the middle, he gets really tall, he gets a little sticky, and it's not mm-hmm. his game to blitz up the middle. You need to get him – because he can. he's faster than tackles, right? He really is – on most other teams, if a team was running a 3-4 – He'd be he'd be an outside backer on a three four. Like he'd be an outside backer on a three four. That pass rush TJ would. Watt outside backer. He would. That's what he 100%. would. 100%. Yeah. Um Yeah, but that, that I mean you you see those plays, those those plays stand out as the big ones. Mm-hmm. But there were some other plays that he had in there that were really good. Like the one um what was the one play where Brady it, they both had offsetting penalties. How many times did that you t- you told me like watch Brady's going to get offsetting penalties on third down? It happened twice. Yes, twice. He capitalized on the first one and the second one they didn't because Milano sacked him. But on that Milano sack, Edmonds was rushing off of the edge and Brady went to go throw it that way and Edmonds put his hands up in the lane. He couldn't throw yeah. it. So those little things that's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but that's what he did. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where, Edmund, that's where Edmonds is effective. Do you got another one from Stephen? Right, I got two. Yeah, I got two more. Um, okay. Stefan, thank you, Stefan. Hey. Thank you so much. Can you please donate this amount to the refs fund for the next tough game we have coming up? I said that in the beginning of the game when they started to play, they started to call those ticky tack fouls. I'm like, listen, you are setting the precedent for how this game is going to be played the whole game. You can't yeah. change how it is. At least be consistent. If you if you're saying that down the field they can hand check and fight all the way down the field, fine. You gotta, you if you're throwing a flag game. on little ticky tack stuff. This is going to be a wide open game that's going to have like 30 points on each team. If you're going to call it one way, you got to call it the other way. Diggs was mugged on that back shoulder throw at the end of regulation. Yeah, absolutely he was. So if you're going to not call that, that sends a message to the other team to say, listen, if you're not going to call that, then you're not going to call something that I do, which they did. Mm. Now, either you call both of them or you call neither of them. Well, you don't call one and not the other. So first off, I can't guarantee that we can donate uh, donate that to the refs, <laughs> but we will uh, donate that to Matthew Twenty Five Farms, who's the hashtag charity this season. Thank you again mm-hmm. to Rick Rarick and Matthew Twenty Five Farms. I had a great time running a charity golf tournament earlier this season, so thank you again. Uh, if you wanted to, you guys can join via Patreon. 
Uh, and uh, we make donations through M25 from your contributions through Patreon. Um, in any case, uh, have you ever seen uh, a player have a ball thrown at him with the defender have his jersey pulling from the back and there not be a flag? That was a first for me. I can't say I recall seeing oh, the a player dig, another pulling, digs one. Yeah. yeah, another digs one. Now Diggs was pandering to the ref while the ball was in the air, which bothers me immensely. Right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But they oh, yeah. seemed like Diggs had a little trouble tracking the ball today. There were a couple of times where the ball was in the air and Diggs just wasn't he, he just he just wasn't where it was. I, I don't know what that was. I don't well, know if that was Josh. I don't know if that was miscommunication. But Diggs had a little trouble tracking the ball today. Well, great players, as we've seen so many times, Paul, great players will get calls. Mm-hmm. We know that. Great players will always get calls in the NFL, in the NBA, in NHL, anywhere, any sport that you're at, great players will get calls. Mm-hmm. Diggs is one of those guys. He's a top five wideout. Um, he, he's, you know, he's a recognizable figure in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He should get those calls, and he's not, which is weird because good players get calls, and he's right. not. So I, I think – I hate I hate every time a quarterback, even Josh Allen, mm-hmm. that goes to the ground and immediately is like, like throw the flag mm-hmm. over here. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. I I understand that's part of the game, mm-hmm. um, but that's just something that bothers me immensely. Like I understand mm-hmm. if someone hits your legs, that's that's a big deal. But some of these guys are just they're just pandering for calls with a lot of things that are going on. We do have one more super chat. To yes, get we to. do. That from is Triggs. from Triggs. McDermott's uh, conservatives that? is yep. very Zimmer-like. Ooh. Well, hold on, hold on. Zimmer, have you seen, Did you, have you Googled Mike Zimmer's girlfriend? If you haven't yet, you should get Google Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. Why is it the first thing that comes up? There's a reason for that. What the I heck? I think she's a Swedish supermodel. Yeah. What, what am I looking at? I am... That's I don't know, man. That's the world's a crazy place. The world's a crazy place. I saw what caught my attention there with Mike Zimmer was I saw a picture. I was like, how come nobody talks about like I'm shocked. Mike Zimmer has a daughter that looks like this. Nobody talks about it. It was like, oh, it's his Swedish supermodel girlfriend. I go, Mike Zimmer. I was about to say the same thing looking at it. I was about to say. Okay. Yeah. She accepts a full scholarship to USC. That's great. (laughs) I, I. I know what this is going to sound like, and I'm willing to I'm willing to take that heat. I wouldn't even put Mike Zimmer in like the top ten like best looking head coaches in the NFL. Listen, I know what that sounds like. I know where we're going with this, but the reality is Mike Zimmer's not. I, I don't. What world's a crazy place? I guess. Listen, Paul. I think we have five people associated with hashtag. If we were talking about good looking guys, he would be ranked like eighth on, in hashtag. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. true. Whoops. Uh, Oh, Thomas brings up a great one. He says, uh, Harrison Phillips has looked awesome over the past couple games. Uh, I know we do. First off, we can complain about McDermott being conservative. Yes, we can. Like in the overtime. Well, with the last possession the Bills had in regulation, I felt like they weren't going. They were going for the tie. Right. Like they were like, we're just going to walk out of here with three and that's going to be fine. We'll take our chances in overtime because that's how defensive head coaches think, typically speaking. Right. We'll take our chances. I'll trust my team. Right. How'd you feel going into that overtime? Not good. Okay. How'd you feel going into that last drive in regulation? I never feel good. 
No, I mean, no, I, here's what I'm going to say. I, I just, I never, we got the sugar daddy vibes coming out from, uh, I mean, Triggs comes in and says, I mean, Zimmer does have sugar daddy vibes. Um, <laughs> Urban Meyer protege from Dennis Chapman. <laughs> okay. So you scored 17 straight points. Right. Or, or prior to that, you scored 10 straight points. So you're coming down the field. Oh no, 14. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You scored 14 straight points coming down to that last, um, you know, offense was starting to get in a little bit of a rhythm. You're starting to move the ball down on this defense. That defense was gassed. That defense was gassed. Hence mm-hmm. calling the timeout. Now, the, the craziest part about it is that Todd Bowles runs defense the way Bruce Arians runs offense. Mm-hmm. It's no risk it, no biscuit. I'm going to bring right. pressure on you until you beat it, and then when you beat it, I'll figure out something else. I don't mm-hmm. care. You got Devin White in there who's an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, their secondary leaves something to be desired. Allen stayed away from Antoine Winfield the majority of the day, which was a smart move. Yep. Um, the game plan to stay away from him, I think, was very good. Um, but you want to get the ball in the in the overtime because you're already in that rhythm of going out there and driving the ball down the field. So I felt mm-hmm. comfortable with that. The only thing that I didn't like was what if they have a three and out? Mm-hmm. That was my only fear because right. now you're giving the ball to captain. I only get three points to win games. Mm-hmm. And then you have a second and 17, or wait, before that, what was before the second and 17? You had the pass interference call on Wallace. Great. I didn't think the ball was catchable. <clears throat> I think the ball no. had to be catchable. Yeah. Right. I, and then I Evans thought... grabbed the back of Wallace's head. Yeah. Okay. You want to call that. Okay. Now it's second and 17 on a great uh, screenplay to Fournette. They tackle in the backfield. Poyer gets underneath Gronk, and then mm-hmm. Edmonds cleans it up. It was great. And then they go back to Gronk, and he gets 14 back. That just pissed me off. That was so frustrating, right? Yep. You're thinking you're thinking you're good. Second and 17, Brady's going to try and get half of it back, right? Like that's that's what you do there. You, you look to get half of it back. Yeah. He gets 14. He gets 14 because he's he's, he's a manimal. Like it's not fair. Ooh. Um Joe Often, B reporting that Josh yeah. was been wearing seen wearing a boot. <clears throat> I'm sure uh, he didn't seem right. He didn't seem right. No, no, no. Now, Paul, I want to, I want to, ex- I extended this to you. I want to extend it to hashtag nation as well. To me, watching that game, knowing Bruce Arians, I love Bruce Arians, by the way. Yeah. Knowing Bruce Arians, knowing Tom Brady, knowing Josh Allen, knowing McDermott, no, saying knowing mm-hmm. the, the style of how those guys are that I see. Allen seems more tailored to be a Bruce Arians guy, and Brady seems more tailored to be a McDermott guy, where it's, mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna play conservative. We're gonna mm-hmm. get points here. We're gonna do this and that. Do you think that Allen's play on that last drive, running his broken foot off, mm-hmm. diving into the end zone, shows the little shows very little trust that he has in McDermott. Now, I'm, it's a very slippery slope now because we're crossing over some lines here, right? Which I think leads into your talking about the coaching staff not really being in Buffalo anymore, certain parts of the coaching staff. So I just, I want to just preface it with that. Yeah. I mean, like I, I was saying with, I was saying with, um, with Joe at halftime, because I jumped on, Joe was doing the play by play. I jumped on with Joe at halftime and I said, listen, by the time the plane lands from Tampa, if you lose this game, heads have to roll right? Like heads yes. just have to roll. Yes. 
Um, with that being said, I don't think Josh, I don't think Josh has the ability to not try and win at all costs. You know, I just yeah, think that's who he is. That's just who he is. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think at times he doesn't know how to manage that game yet. And we, we see some flashes of it, right. Where he realizes he's in trouble. And he throws it at the feet of like today, he, the screen pass was coming in. It got blown up. So he just threw it at the feet of burrito. Like there were times where he shows you like, okay, I'm just going to take the L on this one and that's going to be fine. Um, but there are other times where he, you know, he really just wants to win at all costs, you know, like his foot could be facing the wrong direction and you'd have to hold him back from getting on that field. And that's just who he is. Um, and that is frustrating at times, but you get games like today where he put the team on his back and responsibly that I think this is the first time we can really say Josh responsibly took care of the football yeah, from behind because he he's been irresponsible in these situations and I, and I'm comfortable with the learning experience there. I, I wish they would have won. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is what the offense had been missing. But with that being said, Mark, Josh Allen running 10 times in a game doesn't supplement not handing the ball off to your running back until the third quarter. That's a that's unheard of to me. Like Josh running doesn't make you have a run game. That's not it's not it's, it's not the same thing, right? Like Mm-mm. it's not the same. No, no, no. Being able to establish an a, a physical run game without your quarterback is something because that's the guy you want. Now, given what Allen can do with his arm and having digs didn't have Sanders now. Remember, second half. We didn't have any Sanders in the second half. So Gabe Davis got a healthy, uh, you know, dose. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about Allen. I think defensive coordinators approach it now where I think in the past it was, oh, Allen's running. We're in trouble. Now I think it, it's at the point after what happened last season that coordinators would rather have Allen run and, and view that as a victory because mm-hmm. you're wearing him down. <clears throat> and I right. think – the coach in the NFL, out of the 32 coaches that knows that better than anybody, is his own. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he wants to turn Allen into Cam Newton. That's a great point, Mark. That's a great point. You look at Cam. Cam got benched today. He was. He looks. He's the last three seasons. Cam's looked washed. That dude was such an electric player, running the ball. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the arm that Allen does. Let's just not. No. Let's not. No. Nope. But the type of player, big lumbering guy didn't doesn't get a lot of calls because I mean, when he runs the ball he's he's an animal but i don't think they want to exhaust that resource before it's done and i think that's why they don't want to run him as much but th- that's why i think other coordinators are like almost begging him to run mm-hmm. like go ahead run that's a victory for us you're getting tired out you're getting gassed you have to mentally overcome being tired from the previous mm-hmm. play and taking a shot to right. try to throw a ball like through a keyhole? No. Mm-hmm. Triggs <laughs> no. hits us up with the uh, super chat. Allen just has that far of mentality. Josh Allen knows what nickel coverage is, though. <laughs> if you guys don't know that story, that's a great Mar- story. Can you can you just relay that story quickly, Mar? I know you know it like the back of your hand. Okay, you when when uh, when Brett Favre was starting in uh, Green Bay, Ty Detmer was the backup quarterback. 
And he goes, he's in the meeting room. They kept talking about nickel, nickel, nickel. So then he finally leans over. He goes, it's home. It's Holmgren, by the way. It's home. Mike Holmgren. Yeah. yeah. So he says, you know, what do they mean when they're talking about nickel? He goes, well, are you serious? <laughs> he goes, yeah. What are they talking about? He goes, well, that's when they take a linebacker out. They put a corner in the five defensive backs. He goes, that's it. And Todd goes, yeah. He goes, who cares? <laughs> Okay. He's like, Favre didn't care. He never cared. No, no. but no, that toughness. Um, yes, he does have is, that. Yeah, it, it, that, and that, and that's one thing that's it. That's why it's so frustrating to watch this team suffer because you know how much it hurts, right? Like it really does hurt. And this city and team, this city and you know this organization connects with Josh on a level that we haven't seen in a quarterback in decades, right? And like Kelly was insulated from a lot of that. Um, like mm-hmm. on a personal level, we connect with Josh so much more. Yes. And that's why games like today, you know, like on third and three, that was the best. That was the best you had on third and three. And you were going to punt in overtime. Like that, that was the, that was the play. That was the game. That third and three was the game. You gave up the football. You lost the game at that point. You mm-hmm. had the game in control. And you gave it up. You gave it up. You, you decided you, to punt you, on fourth and three. You driven the ball down there to get 17 consecutive points. Right. Going the same way. Running your offense, doing what you needed to do. And you got the ball in overtime. You could have gone down there. And, you know, the thing that got me about the game, uh, I want to tell you the one thing that bothered me as far as the clock management goes near the end of the game. But, Paul, can you uh, can you quickly – can we do a um, – um, a word from our sponsor, our two major sponsors for tonight's show. For sure. Uh, first off, I want to call out Danielle, who I've never seen in our live chat before, had one of the best initial first comments I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and that was, uh, Cam can't be blamed for today. The online in Carolina uh, couldn't block a spam phone call. That is a great introduction. That was brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for that. Um, all right. So uh, obviously you guys know. Uh, this hashtag sports uh, post game show is sponsored by Mr. Rogers Homes. Uh, obviously, if you guys are ever looking to relocate down to Arizona, maybe buy some income property, give Sean a call. Let him know hashtag sent you. Uh, Sean's been a partner with us all season uh, and uh, has made many donations to Matthew 25 Farms. So we appreciate his sponsorship with us. So thank you again. And of course, our newest partner, which is LinkedIn. Uh, let's see here. There's a whole promo I have to do here, Mar. And uh, Real I'm getting class, old. Yeah. I'm getting That's old, right. and uh, the getting. problem when you get old is uh, technology starts to confuse you. Uh, so I'm these getting. days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find the right people to talk to faster and for free. I'm hiring in my job right now, and even people that work for my company, sometimes it's really hard to find a great internal candidate. And these are simple-to-use tools uh, that you know it quickly filters down to people that fit your job and who you want to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million jobs uh, job seekers use LinkedIn? Post your job for free, linkedin.com slash HTS. That's linkedin.com slash HTS, hashtag sports, uh, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you uh, to LinkedIn for sponsoring uh, the Halftime Show. Yes, thank you so much, LinkedIn and uh, Mr. Rogers Homes. Mr. Rogers' uh, brochure will be in the description of this video. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're thinking we're going out to the Valley of the Sun, uh, Sean is your guy. Hit him up. Tell him Pario, <clears throat> Paul Mario, <laughs> Pario. Tell him Pario sent you. Paul and Mario sent you. Stefan coming in hot once again. Woo. We have three running back twos. I want Karen Williams in the first round. 
or George and George who? Carla Fitz in the first round. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Who's so, that? Okay, let's back this up, Mar. Who? So what Dra- am I saying? <clears throat> okay, Stevan has been riding the we need a number one RB for a long time, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, do you think this is? Um, if we back that up, right? Is it talent at the running back position, right? Is that Usage. what makes the difference? Here's the reason I bring that up. Usage. Right? I think Fournette is a great example, right? Fournette former first-round pick. Former first-round pick, waived by Jacksonville, right? Mm-hmm. Was available to anybody. And Buffalo had drafted Devin Singletary and just drafted Zach Moss, right? Yes. And they said, we're okay. But now, Zach Moss has been inactive for you know a couple games. Uh, healthy scratch. And you're looking at moves like that saying, is the, the talent at the running back position, is that the reason we're not using it? Or is it play calling? What is it? I would say it's it's the usage because let's not forget that if you looked at tape of Fournette in Jacksonville and you look at tape of Fournette in Tampa, it's two different players. Now, I don't have the exact statistics, but I don't remember Fournette catching this many passes in Jacksonville. Oh, TJ yeah, no. Yeldon was there for that. Yeah, no, Fournette okay? didn't do any of that. No, he didn't. He was a, I'm going to run between the tackles and beat the living piss out of you. That's the kind of running back he was. <laughs> I'm going to put my head down. I'm not even going to be on down on third. I'm not even going to be on the field on third downs, which just happened to manifest later last season and into this season where he's actually on the field on third downs. Mm-hmm. So he changed the type of player that he was but he was a former first-round pick. He had mm-hmm. the talent to do so. You're mm-hmm. getting these guys. Now, Paul, maybe we thought, whether justifiable or not, we thought that the running backs were money ball picks. You draft because that's yep. the cheapest way to acquire talent. Mm-hmm. Nobody's paying running backs high money anymore. Right. So then what do you do? You decide to draft. You know, you decide to draft your running backs because that's that's going to be cheap for you. Also, they decided to draft defensive ends. Just can kind of go on this point. Defensive ends make a lot of money in the NFL. You're going to have to pay a middle linebacker and a quarterback very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Why not draft your defensive ends <clears throat> until you have to pay them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's more – I always think it was like a, like a money ball thing. Like could they have right. drafted a running back in the first round? They definitely could have. Mm-hmm. It definitely could. And we got another uh, super chat coming in. Why don't you take We sure out? do. I uh, just want to call out Danielle's comment real quick. Danielle says, I'm a Carolina fan. We got a top five running back, and look what we do. Buffalo is my AFC East or my AFC team. Y'all relax in the red zone and hold those field goals. Y'all be, <laughs> we'll, y'all will beat anybody. Oh, but God. I mean, you look at a dynamic so player like CMC, right? And yes. health is always the issue. And you look at players that have been first round running backs, and you look at Rashad Penny, right? Rashad Penny wasn't healthy till today <laughs> he was drafted three years ago you know like it's these are and you look at, at at you know cmc and you see the same thing right you look at barkley you see the same thing it, it's not the dynamic ability of skill position players completely changes the spectrum of your offense right completely brings a different level and buffalo was will always be you know chasing that will always be chasing that dynamic um, if they don't invest some resources at the running back position, you have to wow. take that. You have to be able to take that pressure off Allen. You have wow. to be able I, to. I want to go. I want to get up to this point real quick before we get to the super chat. Someone, yeah. uh, someone just put it in there. Uh, Ricardo Fournette yeah. had over eighty catches one year. 
Yep, sure did. Um, Ricardo, I did. I was surprised in a, in um in fifteen his last year in Jacksonville, he had seventy six catches. I'm surprised by that. In 2019, he had 76 catches after Yeldon left. But if you want to look at the stats a little bit deeper, 23 of those went for first down. So those were probably just dump offs, you know, by the quarterback. They're pretty. They're no, pretty bad. When, so those are probably just. Yeah. But that's that's interesting. Though. I didn't know he had that many catches. I appreciate that. I I appreciate good statistics like that. Call me out if I'm wrong, guys. guys uh, did you put enough. up uh, Triggs? I did. On, I got uh, Triggs up there. You right. go ahead. Yeah. Yep. If Bills um, uh, don't want to um, don't want Allen turning into Cam, they better build him a great pass blocking O line. Period. They should uh, take a page out of the Packers book. Uh, Bortles with checkdowns. Yes, that was definitely Bortles was checking down to him a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, this is this is unfortunately I'm going to kick it to Paul because he made this statement a while ago. I agree with it 110. percent He's kind of worried because he doesn't know what I'm about to say. What he said? No idea. Uh, let's play. Let's play a game. What has Paul said in the past? Because Paul sure. said in the past, because Paul don't remember. It. This is the offensive line that you're going to have to have oh, in yeah. order to pay the quarterback that you want. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent true, right? So at some point, the rubber's going to have to meet the road. I'm just going to go and pull up the Buffalo Bills uh, salary cap situation. Yeah. So um, this is you're going to be able to invest some resources in a couple players. And right now you're doing it in Deion Dawkins and you're doing it in Mitch Morris. And I guess Daryl Williams, right? Um, yeah. A little but, bit to a degree. Yeah. Right. He's overpaid but, for a guard, but he's, but, he's really paid nicely. as a right. tackle. But the point is like you drafted two defensive ends in the first and second round, because those are premium positions that cost a lot of money. Yes. And when you're paying a middle linebacker, when you're paying a corner, when you're paying a center, when you're paying a quarterback, those are the positions you can't afford to pay, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you draft those premium positions. That's why you saw Buffalo go back-to-back -back with defensive ends. That's why you saw Buffalo walk away with two tackles. That's why you saw Buffalo draft a couple corners. Like, these yes. are the positions that you can't afford to pay otherwise. And you just hope to hit, right? Like, Spencer Brown, was, he had a really hard day today. And I, and I don't know if that's communication with Darrell Williams, but this was the toughest game I've seen from Spencer Brown. But you know what I saw from Spencer Brown that I absolutely loved? I saw Spencer Brown run his ass 15 yards downfield with Josh Allen. I love that. When you got Spencer Brown pulling in space, there wasn't a more athletic tackle in the league than Spencer Brown. But when you're asking Spencer Brown just to sit back and pass protect, you're, you're not playing to his strength right now. That, that's not what he's great at. You, you start moving Spencer Brown, he's a dangerous weapon on that offense. And it's oh, a shame that it took Buffalo being down 20-plus points for this team to start utilizing his skill set like that because he was a dangerous weapon once you started moving him around. Dangerous weapon. And that's and that's what's so concerning to me is how do you – how like, come on. Like, this should be a part of the game plan here, right? Like, this should be a part of the game plan. Yeah, there was – but this is the problem. <clears throat> Spencer Brown's a rookie. He's missed some time. He's been in and out. You don't think um, Todd Bowles knew that? Mm -hmm. Like, right? okay, this is where they've had the most trouble trying to block, and this is what we're going to attack. You know, they have some horses up front that they have to contend with. Mm -hmm. I think that at the end of this year, I mean, we could speculate all we want, but Morse, Morse is going to be gone. You're going to draft a, a center in the second round next year that's going to take mm -hmm. over the reins, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know I how the money I don't know how the money situation you know lines up with Morse, but 
Oh, I can answer that question. So Morris right now uh, is 2022 uh, bonus. Yeah, so fifth day of the league year, he's got one more one more year left on his deal. It cost you 2.7 to cut him. 2.7? 2.7. Nothing else is guaranteed. Uh, it does guarantee fifth day of the league year. Um, part of like part of his is roster bonus. He's got a million dollar roster bonus. So after fifth day of the league year, it cost you 3.7 to walk away from him. Yeah. I, I just 6.9. Yeah, I just think what with his contract that was eating up a few things, it kind of kind of tied you down a little bit mm-hmm. to make any other kind of signings anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, Alan, you're gonna have to know now. I mean, whoever you surround that rookie center with, they're gonna have veterans. He's gonna have veterans all around him because you're gonna have Williams mm-hmm. for another year. You're gonna have uh, probably Butker for another year. You're gonna have Dawkins there. You're gonna have Brown there. If that's the line that you want to go with in 2022, I mean, we're, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but what I'm saying is he's going to have enough people around him that will baptize him by fire. I mean, Edmonds uh-huh. was baptized by fire. Yep. Tr- uh, Tremaine, uh, uh, Tredavious White was baptized by fire. So uh-huh. it was Milano. You know, yep. Milano, it took, he couldn't start over eight Ramon weeks. Humber initially. Yeah, it took eight weeks for Milano like eight to weeks, start. Yeah. yeah. 100 people here and 28 likes. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Love yes. it. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, it's all about engagement, guys. We we get our we get our buff we get our Buffalo Bill stuff out there. And just so you guys know, I got in a I had a beef with a uh with a friend of the show, honestly. Connor Con- Connor commentary, who was a Patriots fan last week. I said some things I shouldn't have said. Our our uh our Twitter account got axed. So there's a new Twitter account that's above my head. Hashtag 2.0. Okay. If you guys are on Twitter. We're going to try to build that up again. We're going to see if we can get up there. I put a bet out there, or Paul put a bet out there. It was crazy. He said, if we get 5,000 people by Christmas, 5,000 followers, I will go through a table off of my roof. I will literally, I will literally pack this jack a table. Let's off make of it my happen. Roof. I don't even, I will Mick Foley that like ridiculousness. <laughs> Point being is, all right. Um, I mean, going up, we, we could, we could talk about the referees. The play calling for me was was quite vanilla, like you said in the first half. It was quite vanilla. Um, Bowles was throwing everything and the kitchen sink, mm-hmm. and you saw how Tampa. This is how Tampa plays, guys. This is how Tampa yeah. is. They blitz and blitz and blitz. They try to get a big lead on you, and then Brady is able to use every uh, resource available. I really thought they were going to run the run the clock out. Uh, that throw that he had on the RPO with three minutes left was so shocking to me. I'm like, why are they throwing it all? Right. I was like, this is classic Brady. He gets the ball back. Mm-hmm. He's up three. He's just going to run out the clock and kick a field goal with like five mm-hmm. seconds left. Yep. Even Romo said it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yep. okay, what are we going to have to do now? This is We've seen this story end this way a bunch of times. Sure. Mick Chicken, you are 100% right. That is a Shane Falco jersey. 100%. Sure is. That's it. Um, G-Rock comes in Love with this. a great – That's an episode, but I would say – I would say yeah. I would say yeah. Pay admins? I'd say pay admins. Oh, man. I don't know. This is a very slippery slope because emotions are high for what just happened. I understand that, guys. But you're talking about a guy who's going to be on a second deal at 23 years old when most guys come into the league at 23 years old. That is something that you cannot pay for. Now, depending on how they use him in the future, this team is built to stop the pass, guys. This team is not a run-stopping team. You have linebackers that are sideline to sideline and coverage mm-hmm. linebackers. Now, yep. you want to talk about that last play of the game that ended it? That was not his guy. 
he felt somebody cross his face. Hmm. Or, or go, and then he was like, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Well, I, you know, I, I look at it this way, Mar. You know, um, first off, I wanna, I wanna call out John, uh, who made a comment about uh, the Bills had heart tonight, and uh, yes. much like in the movie replacements, gotta have heart. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> on top of that, Triggs comes in. Uh, the Bucks are asking to get beaten. Um, I mean. I think Brady was pretty confident that everything was just going to be fine if they could just have seven play drives and just wind this one out. You know, uh, I don't think he was, you know, pressing all that much. Uh, truthfully speaking, right? Uh, that third was second down. Was it third down? That third or no? It was second down. Uh, second and whatever it was, where Brady rolled out and tried to hit uh, Godwin uh, down the right sideline. That's. I mean, that is not. I mean, Brady could just hand the ball off like that. The Bills were trying to kill time. They were using their timeouts. Why throw that football there? That's all Arians. He wanted you to end so? it. He wanted to end it because he already seen what oh, happened. That, that would seal it. That first down there oh, would have sealed, sealed it. Yeah, would have sealed it. But the thing was, the I think Arians saw what was around the corner because mm. the Bills end up scoring again after that. <laughs> you know, so okay. they just scored fourteen straight on you. I want to end this now. Okay. I don't, you know, my defense is gassed. They're running out of out of juice. I, I want to end this right now. I think well, that I think that was an Arians call. I really think. Ah uh, man, I don't know. It it puzzled me because Buffalo's using their timeouts. Like yes. even in Madden, when when the when the you know the AI starts using their timeouts, you're like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run this football real quick. <laughs> Let me just burn these timeouts. Let's let's get it over with. Um, yeah. to me, Diggs looks a little banged up. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on the report. Yeah. yeah. He looked uh, a little banged you know, up. He just didn't look himself. It just, you know what I think it was, Paul, the bills have been playing in less than stellar weather. Mm-hmm. And then they're playing down in Florida in 80 degree weather. I think it just threw him off. Mm-hmm. I think he was just gassed. I think that the heat and everything got to him. I think he got Ooh. to a lot of guys. I really think. Stevan brings up a great point. He says What's we that? need a veteran linebacker like Zoe to direct Edmonds. He still needs time, but he will be amazing. Uh, and nobody's going to argue the athlete that Tremaine Edmonds is, but what would you think if the Bills brought in a veteran linebacker to play next to him? Here's the thing, right? You are, you did that with AJ ah, Klein, right? Here's the thing. So we've already done this. And the Bills play base nickel just all the time. And that makes it kind of easy for Brady when you're always going to play zone out of base nickel, right? Like it's, that's what you run. You're on zone out of base nickel. You do it 95% of your snaps, right? So it does make the game a little easier. If the bills brought in a veteran linebacker, is that because you walked away from Milano? Why Milano hasn't done anything this season to tell you that you're going to walk away from him, right? No. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh Okay. You know, mm, that's tough. Uh, my ideal situation, bring back Keekly and move Edmonds outside. <laughs> nope. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about stuff that's not gonna happen. Let's go back to reality. You know what I'm just saying is, is um I mean, hey, give me give me twenty snaps a game, Luke. Give me twenty snaps a game just to move Edmonds to the outside. Uh, <laughs> I support anything that moves Tremaine Edmonds to the outside, right? I, I really do. This um, channel has been a very big advocate of moving yeah. Tremaine outside and yeah. Deion Dawkins inside. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Feliciano at center with Dawkins at guard along with Williams at guard. Who's bull rushing that? Please just tell me. Yeah. Who's bull rushing that? Nobody. Yeah. Ideal situation. So, Poyer at linebacker. He already plays linebacker. We got to look down the road a little bit more. Ten tackles so, today from Poyer. From, from here on out, we're under the impression losing a game is not an option, right? No, from so, here on out, yeah. But this was yeah. the one game that you could theoretically – NFC, you could lose. Right. With the Bengals losing today, that was huge for the Buffalo Bills. Um, so, and I, I, I just want to point out, I saw uh, we had released the Edmonds um, and Oliver, you know, who would you extend episode? And we did it as a live premiere. Um, and Michael Reisman had commented, he's like, how do, how do people see this already? Members of our Patreon get all our episodes that we release early. So when we're not yep. live and it's a regular, you know, pre-recorded episode, our members on Patreon, uh, get those episodes the moment that we upload them. So that's why sometimes when we premiere an episode, you'll see likes on it. You'll see comments on it. That's because our members get all that stuff early. I just want to call that out links in the description. If you want to join the Patreon, um, you know, if we look down the road, Yes, no, you can't lose another game, right? No. But no. does the second half of this game establish an identity for this team going forward? Or are we going to be back to where we were at the start of the next game? Well, obviously, it's going to depend on, as you've observed, how is Diggs going to be and what's the status of Josh Allen with that boot? Yeah. If you take Josh Allen running the ball out of the playbook today, this is not as close as it is. Right. Yep. So Andre but you, brings up you a great went, point. Andre says one hell of a game today, man. It just shows that the team's got a lot of fight left. It does. Um, I just want to go. And Triggs, Triggs comes in with a, a super chat. I, said, I, love, I love Edmonds, but he's not patient enough to play middle linebacker. He over pursues, misses tackles, and shouldn't, uh, that he shouldn't miss. Edmonds is built to play outside linebacker. Well, you know what? Outside linebackers have to maintain the cutback lanes a lot. So if he over pursues outside linebackers, a place I don't want to put him at anyway. The problem is this. Well, Mark, just to, just to speak to that quickly, Edmonds last game would step to the gap and get washed, right? He would get guards on the second level. Yes. Right. You know, I think this defense is not built for the run, Paul, little, little bit of a different situation. You move him outside. Just saying. Just oh, it is a different that. situation. I understand that. I understand that. For him to take care of half the field, take care of running backs out of the backfield, he can do all that stuff. My point is this. If you want to leave him in the middle, you can't – you look at the games where Starr, Harrison, Oliver, um, Butler – no, there was never a game Butler did it. Um, <laughs> any of those times where they were able to keep guys from getting to the second level, teams aren't able to run outside and they're not able to run inside. Because Edmonds hits the hole too damn fast. So does Milano. They go right. sideline to sideline. There's not a lot, of, yep. a lot of teams that want to run outside. It's always off tackle when they get washed. Mm-hmm. When they get guards to the second level, they pull a, pull a guard and come around the edge. Or they have a tight end that's just at an H-back roll that trap blocks so that so the guard can come outside. That's usually when it happens. Mm-hmm. Does he over-pursue? Yeah, a lot of those guys over-pursue. But it's the fact they're getting washed by the guards that get free reign up to the second level. McDermott and Frazier's defense is predicated on all of the front four eating bodies. They don't have to get stats. They just have to eat bodies. How many mm-hmm. times in Carolina was, did Luke Keekley have 265 tackles mm-hmm. in a season? That's what the job was of the defensive tackles, was to eat bodies so Keekley can hunt. That's how it was. That's how it was in Philly. That's how it was in Carolina. That's how he tried to make it here. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, I would love to see Edmonds at, on the outside. I just don't think we're going to see it. I, yeah. That's that when this organization <laughs> Google Cody Ford. You know what I mean? Inactive when they have today. an idea, inactive inactive yeah, today. yeah. No, but when they have in their minds that this guy is going to play, that guy's going. I'm talking about first round picks. You know what I mean? Mm. This guy's going to play. This guy's going to play. Um, they never had good radio facilities. Shouldn't even come as a surprise. Uh, <laughs> um, so that being said, I think this game with the second half surge that you had, depending on the injuries that are going to come out of this game, obviously Feliciano was activated, but he didn't play. Um, depending on how all of that shapes up, I think that you're you're in a good spot going into the last um, was the last four games of the year for the Buffalo Bills. Is it the last four games? Whether seven and six, yeah, last four games of the year. You can go eleven and six. You have to beat the Patriots. That's that's the biggest one, and I think people already have them beating Carolina, the Jets, and the Falcons. If they play like they did today, they'll blow out those three teams. And they'll have a really good shot against New England. Because I don't think New England could have the, the power to come back if Buffalo plays like they did in the second half today. I look at it this way. Yeah. If today had to be the game where you're reminded how important running the football is, then great. Yes. You know, then great. Uh, it's... You have to run the table from here on out. So it is balls to the wall. You it can't, is. there's not, there's, there is, there is nothing that you can't um, take off the table, right? You got to put all the cards on the table every game. There's no more being conservative. There, all that is gone. There's no more game management. It is, we need to score 100 points a game to win. That's it. And unfortunately, the last few games, this defense hasn't been able to generate turnovers. Not their fault. Brady's not going to give up the football. And you played with 50-mile-an-hour you know, wins where the Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Like, you're not going to generate turnovers there either. Yeah. So, you know, um, hopefully in the next few games, Buffalo can generate some turnovers, take some pressure off the offense. Um, but, I mean, uh, there, there's some concern here for me, Mar, when you – Again, you, I know everybody's looking past the next game and going right to the Patriots game again. You still have games in the middle that you have to win. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you still have, you still have games that you have to win. Um, so let me ask you this: If you had to name an MVP for the season right now for the Buffalo Bills, who is it? Jordan Poyer. I like that. I like that one. I like if he, that one a lot. If he goes down, you're in a lot of trouble. I love Jordan okay. Boyer. I said, I think on an episode a while ago, I think I said um, Taron Johnson, but I think it's going to be Jordan Boyer for me at okay. least. Okay. I've, I, people are saying, ah, oh, oh, Duhast hitting me with that Dane Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he played a heck of a game against Gronk today. Play a heck of a game against Gronk. You know what can you expect? Gronk has been doing it to, you know, everybody. He's been been doing it to everybody for decades at this point. Um, Allen is a pretty is is a pretty constant answer. You know, Allen's a pretty constant answer. Um, I I think it's really tough to give anybody you know the nod on offense. Um, 
yeah, I think it's really tough to give the nod to anybody on offense. The defense has been what's, you know, stirred the drink, you know, the star that stirs the drink here. Um, so I, I think Micah Hyde, Jordan Poirier are probably, you know, your 1A, 1B there. Micah Hyde almost broke up that pass to Mike Evans today, man. That was an undefendable touchdown. Oh, my You're God. You're not breaking that thing up. You're not breaking it up. No well, way. Here's the craziest part. If you look at it this way, this is why this game, when I started off this broadcast like a lunatic saying the Bills are back, that's why I was a lunatic because you think about it this way, 67-yard touchdown run. Yeah. And that pass was – he was covered. Mm-hmm. That pass was amazing to Mike Evans. And Mike Evans made a finger, you know, fingertip catch on that. You take away those two. They were shut down most of the game. JP says Ty Nasecki. Oh, 110%. Nasecki, I think he's on the Cowboys now. I think he's starting left tackle for the Cowboys. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we need Christian Wade up. We need to call Christian Wade up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, memories stop. of the Hale Murray. Oh, stop. stop that. Pick six for Green Bay. Oh, nice. Um, we uh, we probably got to wrap things up, my friend. Yes, we do, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, joining us. We are going to be um, coming at you uh, throughout the week with uh, Paul's morning coffee and the razor sharp picks that are on Wednesdays. Uh, I'll try to throw in an episode for y'all in there. Hopefully, you guys will have some fun with that. Uh, we got some new doings coming in um, to hashtag. If you guys want to check out the Etsy store, there's going to be some new merch there. If you guys want to buy a shirt and support the channel and um, Matthew 25 Farms. Uh, we always like to give a, a shout out to the sponsor of tonight's uh, post game, which is um, Mr. Rogers Holmes and LinkedIn. Um, Buffalo Bills lose a lose a tough one tonight, um, 33 to 27. But they, you know they got to win out. They got, they got Carolina, then they have the Pats, then they have the Falcons, and they have the Jets. Can't punt uh, the ball away, man. You can't. can't, the ball you away. can't. It was great punt. Great punt. Couldn't ask for a better yes. punt. You know, yes. like I have um, zero faith in Matt Heck. What's Zero. your percent? What's your percentage that they we see a very different Buffalo Bills team for the last four games as far as their approach? You have to. You yeah. gotta completely reinvent. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna let any of your coaches go, right? If you're not gonna let your offensive line coach go, if you're not gonna let your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, I'm not I'm not advocating for any of that. Let me be clear. No, I'm no, not no. Advocating for any no. of that. I just you have to expect something like that to happen to make a statement. And the bills have avoided it for so long. If you're going to make a statement, you, you probably have to do it now. And if you don't, you run the risk of just looking like you're complacent, right? Like yes. you need, you need to snap. Uh, you need to, you need to snap some people back to the reality. And if that means letting go a position coach, you, you hate to see somebody go, but you have to, you, you should have considered it two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. It should have been on the table two weeks ago. Hey, if you uh, win, he's, he'll still get a ring, guys. If you, if, you win the, if you win the whole thing, letting the position coach go, he'll still get a ring. The, the, but, you know, are you going to see a completely different team? You're going to have to. You, you've tried the same thing for 14, you know, for 13, 14 weeks. It, it's time. It's time. You know, like it's it's time. You, you I just got, think you got to reinvent what you're doing. It's been such a Jekyll and Hyde team. That seven and six. Did you mean teams, that on purpose? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. It's been such a Jekyll and Hyde team that seven and six makes sense. Makes that's, sense. That's that they're true. seven and six. That's I mean, true. they've been up and down. Uh, we recognize the fact that the offensive line needs to be fixed. Um, 
I think the one guy who recognizes that it has to be fixed the most is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, for Paul, I am Mario. This is hashtag sports. Thank you for joining us for the post game. Hit the, um, hit the description for all the links and everything that you guys want. Uh sports.com or hashtag 2.0 on Twitter. You can find us at all the social other socials at hashtag sports uh, at hashtag sports. Um, Buffalo Bills have to run the table, so let's get that going, baby. Hashtag run the table for the Buffalo Bills. Let's go. We're out of here.